With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! That is... Schoolboy's own stuff. And still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run. He scored. guys and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you should be able to follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. I am pleased to say back on the show we've got Jason McGovern. Jason, how are you? Oh, I've had an absolutely wonderful weekend, mate. <laughs> Couldn't have been better. Still surviving, Absolutely Jason. thrilled. Oh, dear. Yeah, marvellous time it was. Party weekend all weekend. Oh, God. I bet it was. Shots all round, Jace, eh? <laughs> Yeah, not a good one. Not a good one. Not a good one. Well, we've got two debutants to hopefully get us through tonight. I'm pleased to say first up, we've got the Apprentice winner, founder of Raw Talent and huge Spurs fan, Lee McQueen joining us. Lee, how are you? Ricky, boys, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. I think we're just surviving about Lee. We're going to check with the panel in a second. And finally, also joining us, last but not least, another debutant tonight. We've got Tom Mitch joining us, a huge uh, Spurs fan and singer-songwriter. Tom, how are you coping? Hi, Ricky. Um, yeah, just about over it now, I think. it's. Uh, it wasn't great, was it? No. But, uh, it we move on. Yeah, we move on. And thankfully, we have got a game this evening to look forward to, so we can move on pretty quickly but unfortunately it doesn't have, doesn't stop us from having to discuss the game Jace let's start with you then I mean from my perspective I mean I can accept that we won't win every game but I mean what I find really hard Jace is even you know with a couple of days to reflect on it is that you know didn't turn up completely bullied outplayed and outfought I mean it's impossible to try and justify that performance Jace can you well it's very difficult to justify it but what we don't know um <laughs> And it's, it's hard to, I don't want to find excuses and things, mm. but, you know, we had three players obviously pull out from England duty. We had Hugo pull out of French duty. Uh, there's no Toby, there's no Wanyama. And, and, you know, Dembele came back. Dembele looked good on the ball, but his mobility around the pitch was poor. It's, I, I don't know whether it was a case of we got out fought and out bullied or we just weren't capable of putting up a fight and bullying. I mean, you know, you see Kane with that thigh strapped, he's certainly not wearing that as a fashion accessory, is no, he? No, so definitely. you instantly look at him and think he's probably unlikely to be able to press and chase around as he as he usually does. And then, you know, Winks isn't fit even then to start the game. And I think it's just an, an accumulation that, you know, once you've got three or four players that are all struggling to compete, 
you will be then, you know, getting to the ball half a yard, you know, half a second behind the time you want to do it. And that will have a knock-on effect through the team. And you will eventually, particularly the later the game goes, start to get overrun. So it's really difficult. But we don't know the exact fitness no, of those players. And, and, and I understand that some people will say, well, if they were past fit to play, then, then they should be fit. And if they weren't fit, then you should have picked somebody else. But quite what type of team we'd have put out if there was no Dembele, no Winks, no Kane, no Deli Alley, no Hugo, no Wanyama, no Lamella, no Rose. I mean, mm. I don't think you're going to turn up there with five kids from the, the under-19 side. So, you know, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt, but on the day it wasn't good enough that's for sure and and whether it was down to fitness or it was down to just literally being out fault whichever way it was it wasn't the ideal scenario that's for sure no it wasn't I mean Lee bringing it around to you I mean normally with Pochettino mm. teams going into London derbies commitment and effort that's almost a given Lee do you just think maybe that the, the hype before the game a lot about us going in as favourites do you think that may have played a part in it in terms of that poor you know what I just... I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, f- I think it might have, you know. Mm. I think that, you know, I, I heard um, Graham Souness on the, on Sky previous to the game and he was talking about he's got a sneaky feeling for Arsenal because of that exact reason. Yeah. Um, and it was just something just slightly different. I mean, I, I agree with a lot of what, what Jace, what, what uh, you just said, but I, I, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's painful. They were just better than us. Mm. You know what? We had a bad day at the office. I think Kane definitely isn't fit. Uh, like you said, with the strapping on there. I mean, that whole pressing game starts from the front with Potticino. Mm. And when it was a little bit like having Vincent Janssen, bless his got cotton socks <laughs> up front, because he can't run, can he? He's like got concrete boots on. So so it was a little bit like having him in up front when um, last season when he was playing for us, and we didn't have that intensity. And Kane might have been 50% or 60% fit or whatever. Um, and I think that, that was part of the problem. The height, like you say... Um, we choked, and, and you know what? It was like old Tottenham, and it, it was, it? and that's why I think we're all so disappointed because it was like old Tottenham. Yeah, I mean, Lee, did you feel in terms of the game at any point we were going to get back into it, and we did concede? I mean, the only concern for me is Lee. I mean, they did really set the agenda in the first 10, 15 minutes. You just think, you know, normally we do, res- you know, we do try and find a way to respond in terms of maybe changing the formation, which we didn't do. Yeah, I mean, it's just I, I, bizarre, I get... wasn't it? It's was really, really bizarre. Yeah. The... I've read Pochettino's book uh, recently. I don't know if any of you lads yeah, have yeah. read it, but it's highly recommended if you haven't. Yeah. Um, and he talks about in one particular game last season, he changed the formation five times in one game, um, you know, to, to, to fit in and tactically change. Didn't see any of that at no. the weekend. It was, it was almost like everybody was flat. It wasn't just like Kane and Ali. I mean, Ali was on a, I don't know, he was on a, he was on a plane with George Mendes, wasn't he? You know, it's like, do you know what I mean? He's a completely different player. Um, I I, I think that the team talk, I think Arsene Wenger's team talk was done uh, via Sky Sports in all the, all the media press in the, in the run-up to the week. I mean, the, the amount of, Tottenham 11, uh, mixed 11 with Arsenal 11s yeah, all that, over the media. Yeah, was, you know, I've never seen anything like it in my life. So, you know, I think half the team talk was already done. Um, I think there was a, 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 a fitness issue, as Jace already talked about. Um, and, and no, I don't, to answer your question, I, I didn't see us getting back in that game. I, I just didn't. Having said that, actually, weirdly enough, I think we had the best two chances in the first half. Um, and, you know, as soon as they scored two so quick, yeah. I, just, I just didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, it completely flattened us, didn't it? I mean, bringing you in, Tom, tell us then, what's your uh, post-mortem of this one? Because it's it's still hard to kind of come to terms with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I just to echo what, what both Jason and, and Lee have said, I think the fitness just, it was evident that, that we had so many players on the on the periphery and this is like one of those games where you just really need, you want to see energy and you want to see people getting stuck in, um, you know, and if we're not going to play out of our skins, we at least want to see a bit of fight and, um, and we didn't really see any of that. And I think what really kind of, I mean, it, it was a bad day at the office, but what really kind of got to me about it was, you know, when we played Arsenal last game at White Hart Lane last season, we were we were laughing at them at how bad they were and how, yeah. how 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 little fight they put up in that game. It almost felt like a bit of a hollow victory for us in that it was just such an easy kind of two nil where they provided no threat. Saturday it was the other way around. It was um, we we just didn't didn't show up. We never other than um, you know like Lee said we had a couple of a couple of decent chances and Son could have, could have put one away at the end as well. But um, we did not look like we were up for it, and that was what was most kind of um, kind of disappointing. 
what do you think that was, Tom? Because I had a couple of questions in from Sucker Sauce, Yuvo, Janiad, Ilias. They all seem to echo the same thing as what went wrong? What do you think, Tom? Was it, like we've discussed already, the, the pre-match hype? Or is it is it more to that? Is it the fitness, those two elements of it? I mean, I'd like to think that, that our players aren't aren't going to be affected by that kind of right. hype, but they're only human. I mean, I mean, I think I think Poch has built a great a great bunch of lads. He's got a, he's built a fantastic unit, and it seems like they are just you know they don't they don't come across as as, as weak willed the type to get influenced by you know the kind of reports and the kind of um, but you know I, I, and I don't think they're the type to believe their own hype in the way that as again as Lee was saying in the build up to the game the the, the press were just um, or certain elements of the press were really kind of. It was, it was quite uncomfortable, really, how much they were building yeah. us up these, to it. and how kind of com- combination teams where Spurs had the majority yeah. in there. It just, yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't think that helped the situation. Exactly. I mean, Jay, you want to bring it back around to you? I think just, just, I mean, just on that, Rick, I mean, it, it's contradictory, isn't it? Some people will say that <laughs> it, yeah. he was a bit too complacent and arrogant and that we believed in the hype too much. But then apparently our away record is so poor because we have a mental weakness. Well, Well, hold on, if if you're arrogant and extremely confident, then that Mm. means you don't have a mental weakness and you're not frightened of playing these big away games. So, you know, you you can't have it both ways. Either we've got a mental weakness or we are too arrogant and and we think we're going to win. But you you can't have it both ways. You can't. I promise you, we are going to come on to the record in a bit with regards to Poch against this the so-called top six and his away record in general. We are going to cover that. But, Jason, going back to the team very quickly, I mean... When the team was announced, you know, Loris, Deli Ali and Kane were all deemed fit enough to start. We had Winks on the bench as Dembele returned to the heart of the midfield. Davies and Trippier were the preferred fullbacks. Rose not in the squad. Um, Walker Peters on the bench instead. I mean, Winks on Lorente were all decent options to call upon. Jason, when you saw the team, what was your initial thoughts? Were you, were you happy with the 11 selected? Yeah, I think, you know, probably my two in midfield at that stage would have been Dembele and Winks rather than Moussa Sissoko. But other than that... And, you know, Moussa Sissoko, I thought, had a, had a decent enough well, game. So, no, I think, you know, from from what we knew going into the game, that was pretty much the side that I would have picked for sure. I, I said I'd have preferred to see Davis and Trippier than Rose and Aurier. So, mm. you know, that, that was the, really the only selection dilemma for me, that who would he go with in the fullback positions. But, yeah, I, I was quite comfortable with the, with the side. And, and whilst I still would have... You know, I still at the moment might prefer us to go four two three one. The 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 back three has been so successful. So I understand why he's, he's got that system working. So yeah, there was no no real complaint going into the the game at all with the side. Do you understand Lee's point very quickly, Jace? That you know, he, like you said, if he refers to Pochettino's book without getting Balago on this podcast, and you know, we had that chat with him about Pochettino in general. You know, Lee made that point that you know he changed the formation five times within one game, and in this game. You know, even though you could clearly see in that first 10, 15 minutes, it wasn't going our way. Something had to be done. It didn't seem like, Jace, we had the kind of, we were looking to change it at all. Is that the, is that a concern? I don't know. Maybe maybe that is, you know, or, or whether he just didn't think that he had the options or, or whatever to work it and Arsenal were, were too strong for us. I mean, there was they kept getting down that left-hand side, didn't they, between mm. Davies and Vertonghen. Well, yeah, and we've, we've not really been exposed down that side. But, you know, were they getting down that channel because Dembele just couldn't get across to block the passes and things like that. And so, you know, it, it, he certainly didn't look fit. And what are you going to do, make two or three substitutions inside 20 minutes when you can see players haven't necessarily got that intensity? Very, very difficult. Very difficult. It is. I mean, Lee, bringing it round to you, Chifari Fighter at Carbon Robert asks, it's very simple, when a Tottenham player is going to be able to handle the pressure and expectations, season in, season out, we tend to crumble as soon as that pressure comes. Is that a fair question, Lee? Would you agree with that? I think I think, I think think it's a it's a question that needs to be answered. I think it, it, it deserves an answer. Mm. Um, fair question as in terms of being crumbled. I mean, I think, look, the motion's running high about us crumbling against the Arsenal and so on and so forth. Mm. Let, let's just have a look at some facts, right? Mm. So we went into the game against Chelsea when we were in the, uh, two seasons ago. We were 2-0 up and we started to play the occasion. We didn't play the match. We were 2-0 yeah. up. We could have gone 3-0 up, but from memory, I think it was off the top of my head, I think it was Lamella that could have scored or um, and made it 3-0. Or, um, uh, or no, I think it was Ryan Mason, actually. And and, and we, didn't, we didn't get attacked. We ended up drawing, everyone knows what happened, we ended up drawing 2-2, yeah, yeah. the wheels fell off, all of that sort of stuff, you know? And, and that was that mental thing. Into context, you know, we went to um, West Ham, we done it again last season, 
um, and the season before, lost 1-0 uh, and, the, and the title challenge kind of faulted there. But put it into context, we've got the youngest side in the Premier League. Yeah, like, you know, one of them fighting it, the youngest side in the Premier League. And Jay, you made a brilliant point earlier about, you know, putting in the under-19s. He probably would, to be fair, Poch. Um, he probably <laughs> would fire through him. He probably already has. Mm. So, so the point, I think the point is that, you know, it's only experience in any life, in any walk of life you're in, with sport and business or whatever, it's only having that experience of, or failing or, or not being as good as what you want to be that actually makes you better. That's the only way to make you better. So I'm, I'm optimistic by nature. And I do believe, having read Potch's book and understand his mentality, I do think, and I'll say this now uh, on your podcast, I think we will win the Premier League. I don't think it will be this year. But I do think that we'll win the Premier League. I think that think things that, that mentality piece, you have to go through how to deal with that and uh, so, so you have to go through the bad times in order to be able to come through them yeah. the next time around. Does that make sense? That's no, experience, it isn't it? Do you think, though, Lee, realistically, do you think, is it... I think as well, just... Go on, Sorry, Jess, very quick, go on. Yeah, just, just on, Rick, I think, you know, it's unfair to say we always crumble because, no, 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 you know, no, you look at it last saying. year, we were chasing we were chasing the title down and we won 12 of our last of course, 13. And you, listen, yeah, and you can't... You know, that's just not crumbling. And, listen, you know, Chelsea, well, Chelsea yeah. came to White Hart Lane last... Chelsea came to White Hart Lane, didn't they, last year, chasing a... Premier League, what was it, 14th straight win I think yeah. we were 10 points behind them everyone said, well this is it, this is Tottenham have to win this game we, we were by far the better side, beat them 2-0 so, you know, again we didn't crumble no. we had the Arsenal game, which was straight on the back of West Ham last year, where everyone said now this is the chance, you know, can you confirm you'll finish above them, we won that game so, I, I accept we've crumbled more often than we haven't but it's not fair to say we always crumble at all. No, I agree. Again, and so, sorry, and just just on that as well, I, I do agree. I mean, again, thinking about some, you know, we went to Newcastle last game of the season against the, when we um, fought it against Leicester, and we lost five one, and that that really hurt Potticino and the team, and he, he he was thinking about that the whole time uh, over the summer, and then last season when we went and, and faced uh, already relegated side Hull away, exactly the same scenario. We smashed him 7-1. Yeah. So, you know, uh, again, I, I do agree with Jace. We don't always crumble. Uh, again, you've just got to, got to go through them times to get the experience to get over the hurdle the next time. I agree. I hope that's answered your question, Chiari. I want to bring you in, Tom. So, in that first half in particular, Jason's alluded to it already, we looked very vulnerable in that gap between Jan Vertonghen and Ben Davis. Can you explain that at all, Tom? Because, you know, this season... These two guys, Davis and Vertonghen, they've probably been two of the most consistent performers for Spurs, either on the road or, you know, playing at Wembley. Yeah, they have. And um, and I think that was one of the first, one of the most frustrating elements of that first mm. half, as you say. But, I mean, I do, I, I equally think that, you know, Dembele's lack of mobility, you know, perhaps Dyer not being in front of them and certainly, you know, just, just, just not having that real control of the midfield. Left did leave them exposed at times, yep. and um, and I and you know I I don't think it's fair to pinpoint the two of them as um as as, as a, a main source of um as a main source of the problem there. Um, I think it was um you know as 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 yeah, Lee and Jace were just saying. I think it is um a bit frustrating that we do yeah when we get called out for crumbling all the time because because that is just forgetting about all the good results we do have when when, I mean, when 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 yeah we're back up against it and, also, and it's, Tom, it's very quickly i mean we have to remember chelsea last season they went on this unprecedented about 14 15 game winning run I have the point we choked it because to go on that kind of run you have to say <laughs> it's very hard if a team's gonna go on that kind of run to stop a team winning the premier league yeah absolutely and you know Equally, like when Chelsea came to play, yeah, you know, when Chelsea came to White Hart last season, they gave a pretty toothless performance. They didn't look, look look all that. They didn't really seem to put up much of a fight, and they still went on to win the league. I just think yesterday, uh, Saturday was a bad day at the office, and you know, just like when we beat Real Madrid, we weren't the best team in the world. We're not the worst team in the world just because we've lost um, to Arsenal. It's um, it's just a bit of perspective needed, and you know, it was really, really depressing. Don't get me wrong, but mm. I think. Um, you know, Poch will, pick, Poch will turn it around, he'll pick him up and, um, you know, and, and I just think we just need, need to wait until the players are a bit fitter again before we cast any judgments on choking or, or, or whatnot. I just think it's just been such a busy time lately and, you know, we don't have the money, we don't have the same squad that City and Co have and, um, you know, and we really, <laughs> we really miss Harry Winks. We really missed him and, yeah. um, I just, uh, I, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still optimistic. I was disappointed, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I just think, uh, just, just to interact you there, Tom, if I may. I just, I just, I just think that, um, 
know, with such a young squad, you know, you come up with some of the stats, you know, we can talk about stats and, you know, some of the guys that are the Man City fans, the United fans, Arsenal fans, whatever, they listen to me talking about stats and just laugh because we still haven't won anything and all this stuff. But the reality is, we have the best defensive, uh, um, uh, best defence in the Premier League over the last two seasons, probably not so much now. I mean, this time last season, we were unbeaten. So, you know, where, where does that go? We were unbeaten after yeah. 12 games last year, but we were only one point better off so, so, than, this, than this year. I mean, again, Tom, uh, like Tom just said, put it into, put it into perspective, into context. We, we're not rubbish because we beat Real Madrid. We're not Champions League <laughs> because we beat Real Madrid. And we're not rubbish because we lost to Arsenal. The reality is we had a bad day at the office um, and we had players that weren't fit enough in that area. And we just got, we got, sometimes got to write off and move on. Yeah, I hate to say, Lee, to bring in refereeing decisions, but this first goal, I mean, listen, number great one... Great tackle. <laughs> this is again, Tommy, they say great tackle, but, I mean, Lee, great tackle, gets called up for a free kick, that wasn't a free kick, then it's marginally offside, I mean, it's a damn bit of luck to go against us there, isn't it, Lee, for that first it, one? It, it is, it, it totally is. We've got to defend I, I it better can't... at the same time. Yeah, I can't. I can't talk about refereeing decisions because we weren't good enough on the day. No. Like I, I did, it, it would make me sick to, to, to the stomach of talking about refereeing decisions when we weren't good enough. But I, I, I will say about that incident, you know, I thought Davison Sanchez was absolutely outstanding the whole match. Um, and, and actually, there was no way that was a foul. And, and I'm still baffled as to why he wasn't included in the Man United squad um, because his, his, until until Saturday, his record was. Played 11, one, nine, drawn two. So he was actually unbeaten in a Spurs shirt. Yeah, like I say, very, very hard to fault. Jace, like Lee mentions there, I mean, very, very hard to talk about refereeing decisions when we defend that first goal so poorly. I mean, what was your thoughts on the opener, Jace? Well, you, you always fear when when you know you've got done with a you know a corner that should be a corner or a free kick that should be a free kick. I think you you're always instantly start fearing the worst don't you but but you're right you know you have to defend it better they got in between Dyer and Vertonghen and it actually became almost like a free header for Mustafi didn't it and mm. you know could Hugo have got, uh, would a fully fit Hugo have got enough spring to get across he, even then you know that that I'm not blaming Hugo for the goal right. at all you don't know do you I mean yeah, yeah. he's he obviously had his problems and, and like I say what we do know is Hugo is his agility and spring he's fantastic look at the, the save he made from that Coutinho effort at uh, at Wembley when he turned that you know that fantastic save there didn't he but you know he, he kind of just stood and watched it go didn't he without even he really did. trying to get across to it and it was a it was a loop in here it wasn't as if it had gone in with great power or anything like that so you know even yeah, that think- did he have the, the spring Jace, I think you make a really, sorry. I think you make a really good point there about um, about Lloris and, and is there a risk in, if he's not fit? Because previously, if you remember, guys, Paolo, our uh, our third choice goalkeeper, Casagini, <laughs> that's what he's called, uh, our Gaza, he's he's had an absolute blinder against Crystal Palace. I mean, literally, best debut, uh, one of the best debuts I've seen from a goalkeeper. Mm. And, and they were so he could have really been knocking on the door if Lloris weren't fit. It's an argument, isn't it? It's such a hard one. I mean, he grew, definitely, Lee agree with you. He grew into that game. I mean, coming round to you, Tom, you know, we discussed that first goal, but the second one, again, it's an argument, isn't it? Because if Hugo is fully fit, does he come out and approach Sanchez for the ball? Because you just felt like, you know, he's a little bit hesitant coming off his line. What do you think, Tom? I I, I agree with you. I mean, I think he, um, I think the whole defence looked hesitant there and, and Hugo just wasn't his, his commanding self for, for either, those, either of the goals, to be honest. Um... It was. Um, it, it happened in slow motion. I mean, I'm, horrible. Yeah. It did take an eternity that the way it kind of stumbled across that second goal it was a horrible, horrible goal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's and it's not one we're used to seeing us concede either. Straight away as well, isn't it, Tom? It's, uh, it's the that fact kind that, of you know, so quick we conceded the second one. That's just so on Tottenham like nowadays. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen exactly. with Pochettino teams normally. It wasn't quite up there with the Fabregas one a few years ago. Oh, but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it, it, it wasn't pleasant. And um, and and then yeah, like you say, as, as, as after after that goal went in, I just didn't see us coming back. We were we were chatting about come on spirit of two thousand and ten, two 0 down at half time. Come yeah, on, this is it, isn't but, it? Seven um, 
think today, yeah, yeah seven years to the day mm. i got a reminder on facebook earlier i think yeah. after my... <laughs> but um but yeah it, it, we, we never looked like we had that spark and i think um obviously that day we had a, a fully fit gareth bale to not winning after half time and um and kind of g everyone up and and just n- n- no one looked like they were up for it on saturday no one looked fit enough no one looked like they had the drive to to pull us back in after that second goal went in and um and it was it was just very frustrating it was let's throw in a couple of questions then so tom sticking with you this is from jamie gross at jamie gross he says do we miss the physical presence of a one yama or dyer in the midfield to break up play and take pressure off the defense dyer moving back to center back has left the gap in central midfield that neither dembele winks or Hosoka can fill in his opinion what do you make of that jamie oh, what do you make of that sorry tom should i say um yeah no i agree i mean i think i think dyer's had a great season i think um you know the way he slotted back into central defence against um, Madrid when Toby went off was um, was 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 outstanding. Um, but as, as as the guys have said, that lack of mobility and 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 fitness in the middle on Saturday, I just think it cost us dear. It just left us exposed. Um, I think, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think Dyer's a better. I, I still I, I still see him as a midfielder rather than a centre back, and I think the way he protects the defence is um, is is so understated but so important. And um, and with, without him in that position, Sissoko is not going to do the same job. And I just think it was a game where where yeah, I mean that kind of game a derby like that is made for someone like yeah Wanyama or 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 um, or Dyer to kind of just own the midfield. And and, and yeah, we all remember that picture of Dyer looking down at Giroud yeah, course, with yeah. absolute disgust um, yeah. from a couple of years ago. And, 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 yeah. Mm. yeah, and we just never, we, we, we just didn't have that that presence in the midfield. And, and, and I think that's where it all stemmed from. Um, it just is so important that that central pivot and um, it just wasn't working. No, it wasn't. I mean, I think the only guy really, I think we've said in this pod, Jace, you mentioned it earlier about Sissoko, we did have a good game. I think the only other guy really that can come out of any shred of credibility was Davinson Sanchez. He was great on the day. I mean, very, very unlucky with the first goal. We've already spoken about that. But Jace, question here and a very good one. I mean, this is from Alex Reddick, who says, what do you guys think about Deli Ali? Now, I'm going to give everyone a chance to have a chat about Delhi. Um, Yes, Madrid was brilliant, but never got into the game on Saturday. Now, you know, I have to be careful what I say with this, because from my perspective, I don't know if I'm judging a player that, Jace, you mentioned it, he may not be fully fit, but I just also worry, Jason. Lee also mentioned at the start of the show that this talk of a super agent, is it going to his head? Does, does he need to be thinking about this right now mid-season, Jason? Or is that you know too easy to throw in on the back of a defeat where he hasn't played well? I think it's a little bit too easy to throw in. You know, mm. He may well be thinking about things like that off the pitch, but <laughs> do, I, do I really think he walked across the, the line on Saturday and it, when the referee blew the whistle at kick-off, his first thought was, oh, I wonder how much I'm going to get paid next week. Mm, yeah. Or, you know, should I go with George Mendes or should I go with Mina Raiola or should I use Auntie, Auntie Jane from across <laughs> the road? And, you know, I think once the game starts, Rick, I think all those, all those types of things get levelled at you when when the results gone against you, but he had those same dilemmas with his agent when he was outstanding against Real Madrid, and because he exactly. wins, and, we, and, and and the same against Liverpool, where he was exceptional, wasn't it against Liverpool? This is a bloke who's twenty one years old, and yep. you know, like any twenty one year old player, they'll have their good times and they'll they'll have a, a dip in form, and um, we've we've definitely had a dip in form from him this year. We, we, he's definitely not at the consistent level he is, but he's twenty one year old. And and I think some of the some of the criticism he took online and people saying yeah. can't wait to get rid of him and things like that is absolute yeah. madness. I, I think you said before, and, you know, Jace, I mean the day we want to sell Deli Alley, it's gonna be a very sad day. To well, exactly. And and you know, Harry Winks, for instance, he's he's emerged this year and um and he's deserved all the praise he's got this year, but he's just emerging as a first team player. And people need to understand Harry Winks is older than Deli Alley. Deli Ali's become an established player. And, I mean, you know, as I said last year, the amount of things that Deli Ali has done for us, I mean, he scores scores both the Madrid goals, uh, scores against Liverpool this year, scored both the goals in the Chelsea win last year, mm. scored the goal in, uh, scored in the semi-final last year against Chelsea, scored the, the key goal against Arsenal in the home game last yeah. year. Mm. He's got more goals for Tottenham at his age than any other player in the club's history Crazy, has done yeah. by his age mm. and people want to sell him no, I mean yeah, <laughs> dear oh dear we don't deserve nice crazy. things do we? you know it doesn't defend his performance Saturday he missed the game against Palace through injury he missed the England squad through injury so was he fully fit 
we don't know, but it doesn't excuse his performance Saturday. But, you know, people need to get it in perspective about Deli Alley, that's for sure, without trying to get rid of him and write him off as he's too flash and too money grabbing. Yeah. The, the irony is, those that say we should sell him because he's, he's obviously being distracted, as soon as he goes, they'll accuse him of being a snake. <laughs> can't <laughs> can't have it both can't ways. Win. You can't win. I no, mean, you can't win. Lee, bringing you in, do we have to remember, Lee, it's at the risk of repeating myself on the show, which we do every week, um, it is still his third full Premier League season, Lee. You know, we have to be maybe realistic that he's not going to be on it, you know, 100% every single game. And like Jason said, and we've all said, he may very well have been carrying an injury as well on Saturday. I, I, I cannot, words are failing me, how much I agree with Jason, what you just said. I just literally, some of the guys, that I you know, I've got season tickets first. As you guys know, some of the boys that I go down with, mm. they're, they're, they're slating Delhi. Really? Like, are you serious? Mm. Are you serious? So, uh, can I just tell you a quick little story? So, quick, yeah, we're, we're at Wembley. Quick one, right? So, we're at Wembley and uh, having a couple of beers before before the match uh, for Real Madrid. And um, Deli Ali come up, we're having this conversation around, around in the pub. And basically, Deli's getting an absolute slating. So, I turned around and said, uh, right, I'm going to have a look at who's, who's the top goal scorer so far. Obviously, Harry Kane, more assists, more goals, more important goals, all the stuff that Jason said. Deli Alley, Deli Alley, Deli Alley, Deli Alley. It's, it's unbelievable. I said, let's go stick a bet on Deli scoring the first goal against Real Madrid. So we did. We stuck a thirty-five-pound bet on uh, on Deli Alley scoring the first goal. And what, what happened, boys? He scored the first goal. Yeah. So, so it just goes to show you, you know, it's, it's, it's dross. I mean, I was making a flipping comment about about the super agent thing because that's what you see. No, of you course not. And I was, I was messing around. You know, the reality is he doesn't think like that. He goes out and plays football. I think for him, he's reached such a level so early on that it's very, very difficult to maintain that. Um, and I'm not saying he's one, a one, a one season wonder because all of the stuff he's done, if you check his stats at the beginning of last season compared to the stats at the beginning of this season, even though we think he's poor or he's playing not very well this year, I think his stats actually still stack up. And, and for me, that says it all. Do you know what the problem is, Lee? And you made a great point there about you know how far he's come. I think the issue we've got as fans sometimes being Spurs is that because players set the expectation, because of the improvement of players that set the expectation so high, I think, Lee, we have a problem as fans being able to manage our own expectations. Is that is that a fair point, do you think, at times? I, th- I think it is a fair point. I think, you know, I think coming back to the Arsenal game specifically mm. on Saturday, I think that's what it was. It was managing expectations. All of a sudden, we've gone from... Guys, this, again, let's put it into perspective, right? We haven't won away at the Emirates once in 26 attempts. Yep. And you referenced it earlier, Tom. November 2010, I was in the Bahamas. It was great. <laughs> but the fact, the, re- the reality is, we've won. That was the only time we've ever won uh, at, the, at the Emirates in 26 attempts. So it's a really tough place to go for Tottenham. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, we're expecting to go down fresh and 4 5 0. I mean, that's why it was so uncomfortable, I think. All the press and the, the, yeah, yeah, the, the build up. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the, the bookies know, and they didn't. They had Arsenal as favourites. All of them had Arsenal as favourites, no matter what the no matter what the press yeah, said. Actually, yeah. And um, and you know, they 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 knew that, and and like that's why I just felt so uneasy about the whole it? It was an the whole build up. I mean, I think any general Spurs fans going into the game, I, I can't believe really there was an almost level of certainty coming over to you, Jace, that we're going to get a result because any Spurs fan knows, listen, you know, real Spurs fans know that's always going to be such a tough place to go to. You know, no matter what team they've got or we've got, you would normally think they're going to be up for it, especially, Jace, when, you know, they haven't won this fixture over at their place in the last three seasons. Yeah, but but I think if, if we'd have gone there with a, a fully fit Tottenham playing as, as we... We did in the Madrid games and against Liverpool games and that. I think even as even if you'd have had a, a really up for it Arsenal and that, I think we could have gone there and won this year. Mm. Uh, and I think we would have shown that quality. But to do it, you've got to take eleven fully fit players that can can work their socks off to do it. Because you're right, you're not going to go there and win three or four nil. I mean, you might go there and win two nil or two one or something like that. But to, like I say, to do that. Look, which in fairness, you know, probably like most away games, you you can't carry any bodies. And on Saturday we were carrying four or five players, and so then then you then it's an impossible task to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. Just just quickly on on that. I mean, again, going back to last season, we rocked up there in November, 
uh, Toby Oliverworld got injured about a week before the game or two weeks before the game. He was out. We drafted in Kevin Vimmer, um, if, if you guys remember, played three at the back, yep. which was the first time in Eric Dyer played on the right <laughs> of a three that day. Kevin Vimmer, he scored his own goal and then came equalised with penalty. Why am I mentioning this? The point is that last year we didn't lose. You know what I mean? Like we had that resistance because yeah, yeah. Jace makes a point. We had a, we had a fit team. We had a, we had guys out there that were fit. Yeah. Can I can I just say as well? Um, the um what 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 I also found uh, quite well what I always find interesting is whenever you know the, whenever like the the press are kind of never mentioning Spurs in a positive light. Yeah, the whole of Tottenham Twitter is quick to jump on them and say like, "Oh God, you never bloody mention Spurs in the same breath as like any of these other big teams going for the title and everything." And then. Yeah, you know, the one week that we seem to be, um, yeah, you know, praised to high heaven, and yeah, you know, the whole talk of the power shift and and whatnot, and it, it all comes crumbling back down again. I'd, I'd much rather we did just kind of tick along under that radar, and um, yeah, you know, and just quietly, quietly win games and um, hang hang around near the top, and then see where that takes us. Lee, I want to come round to you. So after the game, um, there's been a few mumblings over Twitter. I mean, I'm going to read you out, Lee, a tweet from Gary Lineker who says, yeah. big game-itis again for Spurs thus far. For all their progress under Pochettino, the lack of victories over the big teams is alarming. Now, before you answer, Lee, I'm going to quickly play Pochettino's reaction to his response about the league form away against the top six this season and his thoughts. To struggle um, against the big six, if you like, away from home, why do you think that is? I think uh, I don't see that, that is we struggle away from home. I think we are in the same uh, uh, situation that uh, everyone. For Arsenal, it was difficult two weeks ago to play against Manchester City in City. For Manchester, it was difficult to play uh, against Chelsea on Chelsea. Always has a little bit advantage uh, who play at home. I think, but it's not only Tottenham struggle to, to compete with the big size and uh, away from home. Eh? Do you think that's a, a step that you need to make to, to maybe make that next step towards being genuine? Yeah, we need many many things. We need to win trophy. We need to create, build a good stadium, uh, a new stadium. We need to build a good squad. We need to build player, young player. Yes, I think that is all in our uh, dev. No. So Lee, very quickly, if I tell you that his record at the moment, so if we look at his victories in big games since his arrival at Spurs, it stands that he's got one win against Madrid, three against City, two against Chelsea, two against Man United, two against Arsenal, one against Dortmund, one against Liverpool. I think where I'm going with this, Lee, he's asking you, is it slightly harshly the criticism against Poch in terms of he doesn't win against the big teams all the time? Yeah, I, th I think it's harsh. Um, I think, again, we're, we, you know, we're, we're building something. Uh, Pochettino also talks about all the time about the philosophy and the project that we've got going on at Tottenham. Um, I think everyone can see wh where we are going as a, as a club and as a, as a, as a team. And, and I think that's an indicative of that. You know, we have to be able to build up to these things to, in order to get over the line in, in some big games. I mean, you, you, you can't call us chokers when you go to Real Madrid and get a 1-1 draw at Bernabeu. <laughs> Uh, and then come back and play him off the park, essentially, at, at, at Wembley. In the oh, space of two weeks, Lee, as well, in the space of a fortnight. Exactly. And by the way, we can't win at Wembley, by the way. Just thought I'd throw well, that one in there. Yeah, two exactly. that. We can't do that. <laughs> so, so, so the reality is, you know, teams grow and become brilliant when people are throwing hurdles at them and we have to keep getting over them hurdles. Look, our record away against the big teams isn't, isn't brilliant, but... It will only take one or two results, like the Real Madrid for a result or so and so forth, to get that confidence and belief in that we can go and do that. And I know I keep harping on about it, but we are the youngest side in the Premier League, you know, yeah, and, and we we are we are learning. You know, Pochettino is doing this with with essentially with raw talent, um, and and we, we're getting that experience as we go. And I'm sure that it'll turn. I'm sure that it will. Is the argument, Lee, very quickly? Now you say about we're learning. How much more learning time have we got, Lee? I think that's everyone's biggest concern. With the current squad keeping these players, how much more learning time are we going to keep using that phrase? Is that I, I how long can we keep saying I, that for? Do you think, Lee? Yeah, I, I think that's a brilliant. Uh, I think it's a brilliant question, to be honest. And, and, and uh, personally, that's the challenge. Mm. You know, because I, I again, I'm a little bit, I'm getting a little bit fed up with every time we play well, somebody turning around on TV or on Twitter or on social media, what saying, "Oh, we're going to lose this." 
player and we're going to lose that player. You know, you don't hear that about, look, Man United play well and Lukaku ain't going to Real Madrid in, like, you know, next week or whatever. Mm, yeah. So, so I get, I'm, I'm a bit fed up with that. I think, but I do think that is the club's challenge and I think it's been well documented around the salary brackets and the pay structure and so on and so forth. Um, that, 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 that it was a challenge of keeping players. And I suppose notoriously, that's another challenge for us to go over is because notoriously in the past, we have sold our best players. You well, know, the Berbatovs have come and yeah. gone and, um, and Carrot come and gone and Modric come and gone and Bale come and gone. So we have had that Michael before. Brown as well. <laughs> Michael, Sorry? Michael Brown. Oh, Michael Brown, of course, <laughs> so, yeah. How yeah, could I forget? How could we forget uh, that? Exactly. So, so, so I, I think, you know, there is challenges and in, in the foundations and the philosophy and the project that he's building there, along with Daniel Levy as well, I have to say, I have to give him a mention because I think he's amazing mm-hmm. um, as well. You know, it, it is about keeping that, them players together. And it's going to be a challenge, Ricky. I don't know the answer to the question. Yeah. It's, not, it's certainly not just throw a load of money at Danny Rose to keep him or whoever well, else to I'm keep gonna him. I'm going to ask you, I promise you, that's going to happen. I'm going to bring on to Danny Rose shortly because I remember you gave us an analogy about a year ago when we had you on a different show about Carl mm. Walker and you stressed the importance about keeping him. And it seems that, you know, I don't want to kind of, you know, spark up anything here. We may be in a situation. We may be in the same situation about Danny Rose. We'll have to wait and see. I'm going to come on to you shortly about that, Lee. But bringing you in okay. first, Jace. Um, the record against the top six. If we look at the start of the 2015-2016 season, when arguably you would say this is where Tottenham started to compete. Liverpool have taken 37 points against the top six rivals. Chelsea 34. Then Spurs are third on that list with 30. You know, and you've got Man United, Man City, Arsenal all below us. So. Listen, Jace, there's no question our record against the top six needs improving, but it isn't as bad, Jace, as some people make out, is it? What? Well, you can't deny that it's one win out of 17 no, away can't. from no, home. Of I you think can't. That, no, no, you can't. That's the, I think that's that's the specific problem. It's it's away from home, not a home. But I, I think there's, there's three analogies I'd, I'd compare it to. Pochettino's won one of the last 17 against the, the top six. Jose Mourinho's won two of his last 17 against mm. the top six. So nobody, nobody, nobody questions Mourinho's mentality <laughs> or, or anything like that. That's the first thing. The second thing is, at home, Tottenham have lost two of our last 16 against the top six. So, you know, are all those teams that come to Tottenham bottle jobs and, and suffering mental yeah, problems when they play us? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise, why, why haven't eight of them come to, to Tottenham and won? And the third thing is, under Pochett- and since Pochettino took over, there's been 101 fixtures between the top six, of which only 19 have been won by the away side. It's a great start, so, yeah, right? one of 17. One of 17 is not good enough, and I'm not denying that. Mm. But none of the others have won nine or ten of them. You know, Chelsea have won four, Manchester City have won four, and Man United have won four. And, you know, if, if you look at that, 19 out of 101, that's a fifth. So, from 17 games, we should now have won three out of the out of seventeen, and three out of seventeen would sound a terrible figure, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, Let's be yeah, fair right. about it. If you'd won three, but yeah, that would brilliant. actually put you on average with the rest. I mean, Arsenal have won one of their last eighteen. So yeah. you know, none of those sides are going away picking up seven or eight wins from those games no. because they're good you, sides. J- Jace uh, and Tom and, and Ricky, obviously as well. Mm. But just to interact with you quickly, if I can, do do you think titles won? against your rivals. No, I mean, I think they won against the other teams. Yeah. You look at Chelsea, you look at Chelsea last year, Tom, they lost at Arsenal, they lost at Tottenham, they lost at Old Trafford, they drew at Liverpool. Mm. They picked up one point from those four games. They won at Man City. Tom, what do you think about that? Very quickly, let's get Tom in on this. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, agreed. I mean, I think, yeah, they're not nice stats to see. Um, But, you know, I don't want to hark back to glory days of George Graham, but I remember the 2000-2001 season going away from home every every other week and we saw some of the worst football I've ever seen a Tottenham Hotspur team play every week. And I think it culminated in, um, you know, Sergei Rebrov getting a late winner at City in February. That was our first win away from home that season. And that was a scabby 1-0 win. We are treated to some brilliant football on our travels you know, in recent years. And yes. just because, you know, and we're, and we're not getting, obviously, we're, you know, we're not getting the breaks against the big teams away. But, you know, that's, yeah, the City 2-1 a couple of years ago, Ericsson in the last few minutes was just glorious. And, um, and you know, whispers, we're, we're used to having fleeting moments like that. And, um, and and perhaps not on a regular basis, but you know, I think I think away from home we're we're immeasurably better than we have been in 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 recent years, and you know we're on an upward we're on an upward 
curve and hopefully we'll start picking up more points at the so-called sky six whatever it is now i think the slight problem rick i think the slight problem we play in the top six which is is the noticeable difference we haven't kept a clean sheet in any of those 17 games and if you go to those top six you sides and can't keep a clean sheet, mm. it's going to be hard to win games. And, and, you know, you look at that, and Manchester United have kept five clean sheets and City have kept five clean sheets. I think Chelsea have kept six clean sheets. And that's why they've been able to get... They can go and win the, the odd one of those games, 1-0. We can't do that because we don't keep that clean sheet. No. So it's not so much the lack of wins, it's the lack of... If you can keep a clean sheet, I'm sure we'll win some of those games. Yeah. That's a good, another brilliant point, I have to say. Yeah. I, didn't think, I didn't think of it like that before. Uh, again, Mourinho thinks in that way. Again, I'm not, I don't want to have uh, brand Mourinho down at White Hart Lane anytime soon, boys. No. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> but yeah, he, I mean, he does part the bus in the big games. He got, he got an absolute caning for it going to Liverpool. He did, uh, yeah. When we went up there and he beat us 1 0, and you know, that, that stupid flick on. Um, he, again, kept a clean sheet. He, he goes into them games with a mentality of we're not going to lose. Um, and then if they can nick one or whatever, then that's probably where their stats come from. But then Marina goes into the uh, into the low, lesser games, if, uh, with respect to the l- lower uh, um, placed teams, w- with the fact that they're going to go and, and get a result and, and beat teams. Um, and maybe maybe we're falling a little bit into the trap, or we need to learn from where Arsenal have been, where Arsenal just go out and play the same way every single week, and that's where their downfall's been over the last kind of four or five years. Yeah, I mean, Lee, very quickly, just got to try and cut the questions. Where do you think, Lee, the, the mentality needs to change for these type of games, away these are top six, and the big cup games? That's from Life of Ty. Very quickly, have you got a quick answer to that one? Or is it just... I think so. I think... I think it, I think it's an, a, a period of time. You know, it's a confidence thing of a period of time. Mm. Beating Real Madrid, for example, that's gonna that's gonna elevate that even further. You know, the you know the whole Wembley. Uh, again, we we've got a game coming up tonight against Dortmund. Yep. You know, going away to Dortmund and beating them. You know, that's gonna allow us to give that mentality of, of beating the, I, I, these bigger teams. But I don't know if anyone else got anything to add. I, I just think it's a time thing. It is an experience. Yeah, Tom. Very quickly, have you got anything to add on that question? Do you think what mentality needs to change, Tom? Very quickly on that. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a fan, it's a fan mentality as much as a, as a player mentality in some ways. I think some of these games, like we do, just go into them not thinking. If it's an FA Cup semi-final or, or, or a League Cup final lately, I've, I've, I've never felt confident going into it. No. Mainly probably because we're playing Chelsea. Um, but you know, if the fans aren't feeling confident or, or I'm not feeling confident and you know are the, play, are the players feeling it does it get to, does the pressure get to them yeah. and um you know you do wonder if we do, if we do just lack that certain that certain little spark or certain little bit of belief to, to to kind of drag ourselves along over the line in games like that um but you know I mean after after the Real Madrid game everyone was saying you know we can win the Champions League we've beaten one of the best teams in Europe we can do yeah we, we can get there yeah, we can get to the final, but yeah, we can beat anyone on our day, and that's true. We really can. But I do sometimes think when the stakes are really high, um, at a yeah, you know, at the business end of a tournament, or it, it can, it, it does seem to affect certain players or, or or the team as a whole. And um, yeah, we that's the cr- critical thing we've got to hopefully see our club address in the um in the in the coming years. Yeah, I think as possibly will. I mean, like Lee says, it is a period of time. I mean, Jace. Very quickly, we are running out of time, actually, you can talk about time. Um, I want to bring on to Danny Rose because it's been such a, well, such a turn of events over the last 24, 48 hours. So just to kind of tell you, as we stand now, as you guys are building up for Dortmund tonight. So Danny Rose was left out of the team on Saturday. He wasn't injured, didn't travel with the squad and was training with players not involved in the game. That's what Maurizio told us. Now, Rose was understood to be fuming about the decision to leave him out of the game on Saturday. This is Pochettino's words after the game about Danny Rose, and I'm going to bring Jason in just after you hear this. Was, was Danny Rose fit to play today? Um, he was um, training today. He was training? Yes, yes. What was your thinking behind not selecting him? Like Lamela, after one, nearly one year, uh, they need to build their the fitness. Um, no? I mean, he, played, he obviously played, he played recently, and if he's fit, so he's fit strange, you think that he... he no, no, strange. It's a strange when um, a player that is fit, you know, and uh, play regular, and, uh, but when uh, you are 10 months, 11 months out, and then you start to play, 
sometimes the decisions are better training and to prepare for the next game rather to be on the bench and maybe no play and wasting time because it's not the it's not the same uh, when you need to prepare the game and you need to training and but sometimes they need different different uh, uh, type of training to get fit and build this the, the, the fitness and that is that is what happened with him has he reacted Take two badly? more has he reacted badly to not been in the starting eleven sorry has Danny Rose reacted badly to not being picked today I don't understand why why practically badly for what no. for it just seems odd that he's not here, that he's not even in the, on the bench. Or, but you're saying it's a just, he's just got a different training regime. Like Lamela was playing with under 23. What happened? We focus on the on the game that today that I am so disappointed about the the game. No, no, I understand that. I don't understand your, your question, sorry. Okay. So, Jace, very quickly, Pochettino is of the mentality that, look, from Danny Rose's perspective, you know, he wasn't ready for the game. He has to rebuild his fitness. Apparently, he's going to be involved tonight, Jason, what we hear. You know, he's going to be in the squad. Whether he starts, that's another question. Where do you stand, Jace, on Danny Rose? Because Twitter is volatile, divided, you name it what you want to. But um, where do you stand on Danny Rose, Jason? Does he have a Tottenham future? Well, I think you know my, my views on Danny Rose. I... I haven't had much support for him since since the outburst in August. I thought it was a despicable thing to do. Let's not forget, he went to that newspaper voluntarily. Yeah. And so I think whilst whilst it's the Sun newspaper, obviously, and people say, oh, I don't believe it because it's written in the Sun, we know he has a relationship with that newspaper. And I'm sure those journalists have continued to speak to him. So I think there probably is a degree of truth in those uh, rumours. But then, the fact that he was, the you know, when, he was when, fuming, when, Jace, just to clarify, the fact you referred yeah, to he was but then, fuming you know, it depends. It, it depends in which sense he's fuming, doesn't it? If he is, if he was really angry that he's not playing, that that in itself shouldn't be a problem. That you're really angry you're not playing. It's whether you're really angry and then take it out and disrupt other people that are, are trying to prepare for the game. So you know, if you've gone back into the dressing room, kicked the door yourself, sat there with a the sulk on, then you know you can partly understand that if you're missing the big game. But I mean, my my only point with it is. The, the Danny Rose that people are remembering is the 2016 Danny Rose. We haven't seen that yet. You know, the 2017 Ben Davis is a hell of a lot better than the, the, the current 2017 Danny Rose. And therefore, Ben Davis had to play that game for me. Simple as that. Agree. We haven't seen Danny Rose from 2016 this season yet, have we? We've seen him oh, play, yeah. what, two, two yeah. games? Yeah. So, you know... If, Danny Rose keeps, to my, to my mind, I've said it all along, Danny Rose should be trying to get himself fully fit to face Manchester City on December the 16th. And that, to me, is always his target game more than more than the Arsenal game. And if he gets himself fully fit and we chose Ben Davis at Manchester City, then I can understand there's a, a deeper problem. But he's not fit. It's, it's as simple as that. You've got a Dortmund game that, in the grand scheme of it, doesn't matter too much. And therefore, you're playing him in that game at the moment. It's, it's as simple as that. So it was a, an easy decision for me. But, you know, I haven't been... Obviously, I'm not in London and haven't seen quite the fallout from it all. But, you know, I think we will see Danny Rose leave. I'm not so sure he'll go in January because the one thing that we've got in our advantage to keeping him in January, if we want to keep him in January, is that if he wants to play Champions League football, he has to stay at Tottenham yeah. because he's cup-tied now. So, you know, if he goes to Manchester United or Manchester City, he won't be playing Champions League for the rest of the season. So, you know, that might be an advantage to you keeping him. But it, it's a question for me of do we want to keep him rather than does he want to stay? Yeah, I mean, Lee, bringing you in. We had you on a different show, Lee, about a year ago. I remember you saying at the time when Carl Walker was, you know, there was reports of him being unhappy and, you know, that turned out to be true, that you were quite adamant that, look, we have to make a statement and try and keep our best players. With Danny Rose, Lee... What's your take on this situation? Is he a player, Lee, that we could afford to let go if we are going to get in a suitable replacement? Or again, Lee, are we setting a precedent where we're letting him go? We let Walker go, you know, the following, you know, the, the summer before. Are we setting a dangerous precedent here, Lee? What do you think? I think I think it's interesting. It's an interesting comparison. Again, I agree with what, what, what Jason said. I agree with Jason all night, so yeah, that's fantastic. 
Um, no, but I do, <laughs> don't I make do. a habit of it, Lee, for God's sake. Don't make a habit no, of no, it. No, no, but I, I agree because there's no, not a chance that Danny Rose should have started that game. I think Ben Davis has been outstanding since he's come in for Danny Rose. And actually, on that same, on that different show that I was on a year ago, I actually did say to you, my dark horse is Ben Davis. Mm. Um, when we talked about dark horses in in in, in the side, um, and so so to answer your question, should we let him go? Well, no, I, I still don't think we should let Carl Walker go because of the same fact. All of a sudden, it starts to set a precedent. Having said that, um, you can't. I don't think you should be keeping players that don't want to be at the club. And you know, it was quite ad, it was quite apparent that Carl Walker went to see Potticino and said. Boss, my head is not in this team anymore. Mm. I'm not in this project. And if that happens, then then you know you've got that would be passed on to Daniel Levy, and they're going to do the best possible commercial deal for the club and what's right for the club. I think that situation is happening right now with Danny Rose. I think it's quite e- e- an easy uh, thing to say what I'm about to say with the whole Luke Shaw situation. But you know there is a Luke Shaw there that could come in. Um, with a with a Danny Rose plus money swap with Manchester United, I think it probably makes us stronger in that way as well. Um, you know, Trippier has done a fantastic job on the right hand side um, with with a replacement for Walker, and I think that's you know if he's spitting his dummy out, for example, lads, because he can't get in the side after being injured since January, mm. and and seeing Ben Davis play, how fantastic that is. If he's spitting his dummy out on that then you know, there's, there's probably only one way for him. And I think Potch has already shown that he's happy to show people the door uh, a little bit Ferguson-like, if I'm honest. So like, yeah, once you, you cross do... him, Lee, you make a great point. Once you cross him, there normally isn't a way back. Yeah, that's what it seems like. You know, Yap Stam springs to mind. David Beckham springs to mind. You know, with, with, with Fergie, you know what I mean? And mm. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I like Danny Rose. Don't get me wrong, I do. I think he's, he's one of our, like Jay said, 2016 is a brilliant player for us. If you can get back to that level and he wants to play for us, then great. But, yeah. he's, you know, he's got the same agent as Carl Walker. So, you know, this is it, isn't it? It's such probably a enough one. said. Yeah, I mean, Tom, bring you in very quickly. We are going to try and cram an Dortmund preview as well, guys. Tom, very quickly, Danny Rose, what's your take on the, the current situation of this guy? Could start tonight, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, as, as Lee said, I mean, I think if, if he is going to kick up a stink, you know, the day of the biggest game of our season so far, because he's, I mean, it's what thing not being in the in the squad I suppose but if he's not in the team ahead of um ahead of Ben Davis who's, who's had a fabulous year and he started the season so well he's added goals to his game he's he's getting assists and um you know you really want to see unity and you want to see um especially as I say on the day of the, of the weekend of the away game at the Gooners you want to know there's a sense of togetherness around that team and if he's kicking off you know whether it's inter- internal only or not it's still going to have a an impact on the team and um and you know to, to just expect to walk into that team ahead of ben davis having been out for so long when he has done what he's done with you know with that with that rag um then it's just you know it, it leaves a bit of taste in the mouth and you know the, the one of the best things about spurs over the last couple of years has been that kind of sense of camaraderie and yeah. and togetherness around the around these guys and 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 to to, to read and hear about this kind of stuff just leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth and and you know as, as the guys have been saying it would not wouldn't surprise me to see him go like say probably not january but um i don't will be i don't think we'll be seeing him at the new at the new white Hart lane um and you know it's, it's a shame but it, it wouldn't be the end of the world no such a shame how this guy's career you make that point there tom harriet has just kind of dwindled away i mean listen things might change you know the season with tottenham you never know what can or can't happen Interesting to see what we're going to do. Guys, we're going to go for a very, very quick break. And then after that, we're going to cram in a Dortmund preview. Hello, and welcome to Loan Watch, a weekly update on our players out on loan. Starting in the Skybet Championship this week, uh, fresh from his international debut for the United States against Portugal, Cameron Carter-Vickers played the full game as Sheffield United returned to the top of the championship table with a 3-1 win away at Burton Albion. Uh, Cameron set up United's second goal, which was scored by Billy Sharp. Josh Onoma played 86 minutes of Villa's 2-1 win away at Queen's Park Rangers, which keeps Aston Villa in fifth place in the championship table. In League One, Connor Ogilvie has played twice for Gillingham since I last spoke to you. The first was a 1-1 draw at home to Bury, while the second was an impressive 1-0 away victory at Walsall. Uh, Gillingham are now 20th in the League One table. Uh, finally, in Turkey, Vincent Janssen played 79 minutes of Fenerbahce's 4-1 home win over Silverspor. 
Uh, Vincent actually set up the second of three goals today, which were scored by ex-Spurs striker Roberto Soldado. The win uh, keeps Fenerbahce in fifth place in the Turkish League. That's it for this week's edition of Lone Watch. Speak to you next week and come on you Spurs. Jay, let's look ahead then to Dortmund tonight. So just a reminder on this one. Uh, there's been a couple of questions asked about Eric Lamella. had a few in over the weekend. So Eric Lamella is not registered to play this game tonight. Just to make it clear, he did feature for the Spurs under-23s team on Saturday. As I understand, he played an hour of that game, registered a shot on target. And Pochettino has actually also said last night that the player is not going to feature um, for the next two or three weeks. There is going to be no imminent return of Lamella. He's going to ease him back in gradually. Jace, firstly on Lamella, are you happy that we know the bloke's alive at least? <laughs> well, that's all you can say, is that he's, is he's alive. Oh, dear. But, um, you know, it's going to be another three weeks yeah. before he's obviously on the substitutes bench. And you kind of... Uh, you, you, I've almost drawn a line under it and think yeah, you know, yeah. if, if he plays for us again, he does. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. You know, we, we've been without him for over a year. So, you know, it doesn't feel like it's it's a loss anymore, if you, if you see what I mean. No, I mean, going into tonight very quickly, I will get the chap's thoughts on Lemela as well. But, Jay, sticking with you, um, Dortmund, they lost 2-1 at the weekend to Stuttgart domestically. I mean, going into tonight, they're going to have Patrick Aubameyang back in the team. He oh, was, yeah, he is back, unfortunately. He was ruled out the weekend um, due to disciplinary issues. I mean, Jace, we want to win this, don't we, this game tonight? We want to win what? this. Alba- is Alabama Yang there Danny Rose then? Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows? God, that's another debate we're going to kick off. Let's, not, let's try and avoid away a good, from it, Jace. It'd be a good clash then, wouldn't it? Oh, dear. Perhaps they'll swap shirts at the end of the game, those two, tomorrow. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Jace, but um, very tough game, isn't it? We want to we win it, don't we? Well, in many ways, it's it's it doesn't matter because you know you win the Applewell game, you top the group, so you're stuck between that. If we've got injuries well, and it's not a, a must-win game, do you, do you rest players? Well, Harry Kane's gone yeah, out. Yeah, but you know, Deli Alli's out there. You know, for me, I, for me, I'd sooner see Lorente play because I think Lorente needs game time as much as anything, and I think you don't want to you don't want to risk Kane in a game that actually doesn't matter. But then the flip side of that is on the back of a derby defeat, particularly the manner of it, you, you don't want to suffer back-to-back defeats and you no. certainly don't want a heavy defeat. So it, it's a little bit stuck between the two, isn't it? I mean, for me, I probably would leave one or two out. And maybe maybe it's not a, such a bad thing to drop Delhi for one game tomorrow and, and play Son in, in place of Delhi. Um because you're not dropping him out of a, of a crucial game, but you're just sending him a message, look, come on, lift, lift that form a little bit. So I might make a few changes tomorrow, but... But as I say, you, do, you don't want to go too far and, and, and end up getting beat out there and then you're suddenly on back-to-back defeats. No, you don't. I mean, come around to you, Lee. What's your thoughts going into this one? And also, also I have to ask you, Lee, what's your take on Eric Lamella? I mean, Poch did say additionally that natural aches and pains after 20 minutes of playing at the weekend. Um, for him, really, it's more of a case that he's going to ease him in gently. Got any thoughts on it, Lee? I, I, I think that's the right thing. I, I think you know when you've had an injury as bad as his, mm. um, and, um, and and it's been it's been a problem around exactly what the injury is as well. You know we know it's his, well, his hip, but exactly what it is, mm. you know, mentally it's, it's going to have an issue. I mean, like, I'm not a professional footballer for, by a long chalk, but I have my cruciate ligament. Um, I busted my cruciate ligament a few years ago, and mentally, in your head, to get back on the pitch and do them sorts of things, you know, it is quite tough. So I think, you know, that him, he's got to get his head right. And he's not going to be Lamella, I'm talking about, you know, himself. He's got to get his head right to, to be able to go into tackles and to to, to um, be free-flowing. So I think, you know, easing him gently, I think, is the right thing. Um, I, probably for the first time uh, for the first time on this podcast, I'm going to slightly disagree with Jace. I mean, I, 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 do, agree, I do agree with Jace having Levente, and I would make some changes for, for this evening. You would? I would, put mm-hmm. Le, I, I would yeah. I'd, and I'd also put Levente in. But I disagree. I think Ali should play because I think what needs to happen, if you've got Danny Rose, if he's going to play and say Serge Aurier down the right-hand side getting crosses in, that's what you need for for, um, for Lorente. We need to play slightly differently. I don't know if you guys agree. No, I agree. When, yeah, we do. when Lorente's on the pitch, we need to play differently to when Kane's on the pitch because Lorente, a little bit like the Yanks and Concrete Boots, you, you don't run around as much. But equally, I do agree that he needs to have some, some game time. The reason why I play Ali is because I want Ali to run in behind him. 
So therefore, if he's got a cross coming in and he's got you know to someone to take that second ball, could be Ali running in and behind. And I think that would that would um, uh, that could work quite well. So, but again, I, I would make a couple of changes definitely. Um, it's a Champions League away yeah, game to Dortmund, it? who are amazing. No, definitely make a couple of changes in in, in, in utilize the squad. Sonny's got a really good record against them, though, hasn't he? Oh, he has. Yeah, he's got. He has got a very oh, Sonny, good record. Sonny, it was Sonny that was running in and behind them at Wembley yeah, when when was, was suspended. Right. So, mm. you know, I think Sonny deserves his place tomorrow, and and it's whether whether you go four at the back, you put Dyer into midfield and you play four two three one, and you get Sonny in the team that way, but I definitely yeah. want to see Sonny in that team tomorrow. Yeah, no, I'd I, I go with that, and, and I think that was one of our downfalls on, um, coming back to a point that Tom made ages ago on the Arsenal game, you know, we do miss a Wanya, I think it's a question from, from one of the guys, Wanya on the Dyer midfield, mm. that's what we should have done, Poch, in hindsight, should have pushed Dyer into midfield and gone to a back four, and then for Tom and Sanchez and uh, Davis and Trippier as a back four, that that could have sorted out some of our problems on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, let's bring you in, Tom, on this one for tonight. It, listen, it's still a big, big game. I mean, Tom, very quickly, what's your thoughts going into tonight? Would you tinker with the team? Yeah, I would. I, I would. I would definitely play Lorente. Um, yeah, we're a, a draw, and we're through. Uh, I mean, as, as Guy said, even if even if we lose, we just need to win. Or, um, yeah, a result against Applewell or CSV as well. But I just think, like I say, it's an away game in the Champions League. Um, it's at Dortmund. We didn't put up a fight last time we went there. It'd be nice to go over there and um, you yeah, know put on a put on a real show. And yeah, loads of, the travel the travelling support is always amazing. And you just you just want to see them put on a good show as well. Um, I think yeah, as, as Lee was saying, I think it would be great to see. Um, it would be great to see Deli Ali play in that game because Lorente's, you know, he's not, he's, he's never really looking like a threat, but he is, he is, his, his second ball, yeah, the second ball that he's always creating throughout games. Yeah, you know, he's, he's had a few nice touches with his feet, but he's, he's, he is creating chances for people. And I think it could well be that kind of game where to have Deli Ali running in um, after crosses from the, from the wings, um, it could be made for him just to get a bit more confidence under his belt again after this needless slating he's been having after after the last couple of games. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I'm going to push you for a prediction tonight. What would you give me? One all. One all. Okay, score draw. Lee, very quickly, prediction for tonight. What would you go for? 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. God, we'll get draws across the board here. Jace, you're going to give us a bit more positive? What do you think? I, I, I'm not... I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to give you one, mate. I'm not going to make one tonight because okay. you, I, it's very. It, you have to know the, the team lineup and things like that. It's taking a real stab, isn't it? Mm. You know, we, we made those great predictions for Arsenal, not knowing that know, don't. we'd have yeah. the, quite the problems that, that we do. So, yeah. I think I, I can see it being a draw tomorrow. I, Dortmund, Dortmund needs something, don't they, to make sure that they go to Europa League? I think they obviously they they got to get a result from the game, so they're probably looking at Tottenham at home being. Probably a bit easier to do that against the Real Madrid away. So, and I think if we do mix and match the team, then then a draw won't be such a, a disastrous result for us. Okay. If we took a fully fit team there and it really mattered, I I think we could go there and win. But we're not in that scenario. Yeah, I agree. It's gonna be it's gonna be a very very tough game tonight. I mean, it's interesting to see what team we do go out there with. I mean, fingers crossed we can bounce back with a win. Still an important game, guys. Well, firstly, let me just say. Tom, real pleasure having you on tonight and making your debut. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ricky. Been a pleasure. Cheers oh, having me on. Hopefully we'll get you back on, Tom, in a bit more better spirits. <laughs> We've tried our best. <laughs> We've tried our best. Yeah. Lee, thanks for giving us the therapy for tonight. I hope we'll get you back on at some point. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Jase. Thank you. Cheers, Lee. Cheers, mate. Been a pleasure. And Jace, thank you as always for coming on and giving us your time. Fingers crossed, guys. We are going to be back doing a review of the Dortmund game, talking about hopefully three points. Very quickly, guys, just want to thank you again so much for all of your questions this week. I'm sorry we haven't got round to them all. Jason, as always, will be answering every single one of, your, one of your questions. They will be going live on our Twitter feed when this podcast is out, so check those out. And as always, guys, come on, you Spurs. Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.